Well, I got to tell you how good it is to be here and to see a lot of you guys. Luane and I have been um, kind of shut in. That's what they do with old people. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we've been very careful through this because not only do we now fit into the age of being elderly and it's not as safe for us as elderly people, but Luane has a, a very real respiratory problem. So we're being careful. And uh, I appreciate those of you at Hope that helped us to be careful even for this morning. I also want to give my appreciation a shout out to Dave Small and Steve Stauffer for putting in live feed so I can look at you guys at home. It's wonderful. Um, with the live feed, I got the least to see the back of your heads, and that was cool. <laughs> I don't want to tell you who's getting bald. But uh, that's been good. I appreciate that. We are doing a series, finishing up today, on learning some skills, how to speak into one another's lives with the concept from Paul Tripp's book, Instruments in the Hands of the Redeemer. I don't have the book. I, I cheat and I listen. I do better at listening to things than reading. But um, not only is Paul a good friend, but um, this is just a marvelous book. If you get a chance to get it and read it, one of the best descriptions of the gospel in the first chapter of this book, where mankind tells, he tells us of where the state of mankind is in, in a falling state and what the gospel is. It's wonderful. This kind of comes out of a course that Paul taught over at Westminster Seminary, Methods of Biblical Change, teaching us, first of all, how God wants to change our hearts personally. That's important in this process of love, no speak, do. God transforms lives. That's important to remember. As I try to speak into your life and you speak into mine, I cannot transform your life. But God uses you and I as instruments of that change. Let me just read you this portion that Paul has on the back of these CDs. We might be relieved if God placed our sanctification only in the hands of trained professionals, but that is not his plan. Instead, through the ministry of every part of the body, the whole church will mature in Christ. Paul David Tripp helps us discover where change is needed in our own lives and in the lives of others. Follow the example of Jesus. Chip reveal, Tripp reveals how to get to know people and how to lovingly speak truth into their lives. Brian taught this a couple weeks ago, reminding us, people in need of change, that's me, helping people in need of change, that's you. And that's what this book is about, taking biblical principles and helping us to be to each other what God intended the church to be. 
So as we end our series on love, no speak, do, I want to share just a couple of foundational principles from God's heart to us. 2 Corinthians 5 says that Christ has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. Let me read that to you. It's not going to be on the overhead. We're going to have a scripture to go by for the do. But just listen to this. And Christ died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and raised them again. I love this song that Andrew had for us to sing today. It's about surrendering, recognizing we were saved to be Christ and Christ alone. We were bought with a price. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled, brought us together, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and counting people's sins against them. Now that I'm in Christ, my sins are no longer counted against me. Hallelujah for that. And that he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Listen to this. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. And be ministers of reconciliation. And this process of love, no speak, do helps us to do that. Another thought we need to remember. You and I are not the Messiah. We do not change people. There's times in our life, boy, we want to change you. You irritate me, you bug me. That's not the heart that God wants us to have. So I drew to it on love. Here's a great verse in Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to do his will, not your will, his will and his good pleasure. It's not about me, it's Christ in me being an instrument in God's hands to help us as the body of Christ grow in maturity. So just a quick reminder here, Drew told on love. He used the 1 Corinthians 13 passage, which is great. If I don't have love and I try to be a minister of the gospel, I'm nothing is what you're reminded us of. We're a caring place. That's part of kindness. In the 15 descriptions of 2 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Love cares about one another. We want to, we heard last week, we want to love and spur one another on to love and good deeds. That's what the body of Christ is. 1 John 4, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. 
That's the process that we begin with. We want to love people. Then we want to know. We want to enter a person's world. We want to learn to do that by asking good questions. What's going on? How are you hurting? How can I help? We don't come along with a hammer. We want to sense that things aren't right and begin to explore, come alongside of them. And I think the first thing we want to do when we realize that God has given me an opportunity to help you or you to help me, we don't want to jump right in to speak and do. We want to pray. God's the instrument of change. If I see an area in your life or you see an area in my life and you recognize I need to help them, put it to prayer first. It's God who works in you to do his will and his good pleasure. Last week, Brian talked about speaking into the life. As you love and you get to know them, then there's a time you can move on to beginning to speak into their lives. He encouraged to ask questions. Um, Ephesians 4, one of my life verses, only say to one another what builds them up. We're not in the process of here pointing out flaws and tearing you down. We need to realize God's plan is that we all grow together. And we can do that with God's help. A harsh word stirs up anger. If you come after somebody and begin to speak in their lives roughly, you've already lost them. As you love and know them, you can begin to speak into their lives. As you've been praying, God help me to be an instrument in your hands to show some flaws or even sins. So today, we're gonna finish with do. This is the process in which, and it's been my experience too, but Paul teaches, this is where we lose people. There's times people don't want to change. Or they don't agree with you. And they have a delusion of strength. We all need help. This is a process since the day of our salvation that God is changing us into the image of his dear son. We're becoming mature. I want to say it this way. Tell yourself. I need help. Don't be afraid to admit that because then we get a delusion of strength. Pride comes and seeks in and we don't think, you know, we think we're okay. There was a book put out by one of the secular psychiatrists, you're okay, I'm okay. That's not true. I had a buddy who would tell me, I'm okay, you're not. That's not the mindset. I've been given salvation, forgiveness of sins through the glorious work of Christ on the cross. And because of that, and that's what we're going to look into in 2 Peter here, God has made it possible for you and I to change. Growth, it's a process, sanctification. So if you want to turn, if you're at home, 2 Peter, we're going to look through verses 1 to 9. I'm going to read it and do some comments on it. And then we'll get into some practical ways we can look at how do we accomplish the part, the do part, 
of this, uh, as Brian would say, this rhythm of life. Second Peter 1, 1 to 9. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. That's, that is a great introduction to help us understand what we've been given in Christ. Grace and peace be yours. God wants us to have that. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Another translation that I look, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through, our, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Then he goes on to say, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Oh, that we would take to heart all the things that God has promised us that he wants us to be. He who began a good work and you will see that it's completed. Like the song said, let's surrender. God, change my heart. Whatever you want to do, work it in me and help me to have the faith to believe when God is working in you, his purposes, you're at the best place you could ever be. If you and I refuse the work of God in our hearts, we're not heading down a good path. So through these precious promises, so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. Well, you look around you today and you see the world and what's going on, and it's not just this country, it is everywhere. And God says, I saved you and called you out of that world so that you and I can live in a fabulous kingdom, the kingdom of God, and that we could have an effect not only on unbelievers, we want to be salt and light to them, but we want to be to each other what God wants us to be. You probably can't see this from home, but everybody take a look up there. Up, in and out. That's the pathway we want everyone to understand is God's plan. Up first, a relationship with God that's out of this world. You and I can commune, have a relationship with the God of the universe. It doesn't get any better than that. And we need to believe that. Lord, put that in my heart. Help me to know, to know you is beyond imagination. It's what we have in Christ. And we've escaped all the evil. God encourages us, don't love the world or the things in the world. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. Oh God, help me not to get sucked into this world. Then he goes on to say, make every effort, every effort, don't get lazy, make it part of your ambition to, to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mature affection. 
and to mature affection, love. It ends with that. Here's a list that God is saying through Peter, keep growing in all these areas. It's fantastic. As my wife, Luane, and I try to practice this at home, just the relationship that we've grown into. In a week, we'll be 48 years married. And I want to give credit to God. As we try to practice adding to our life these things to each other, it's marvelous. And I want to declare to you, it is not me and it's not Luane, although she's pretty neat. It's God working in us to bring about his purposes. Then this portion of scripture ends this way. Listen to this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, it's ongoing. The process of sanctification never stops. The process of Christ making me more like himself is till the day God calls me home or raises me from the dead. Here's what's gonna happen if we grow in this. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he gives a, a spin on this. But whoever does not have them, this is what God says to us if we're not growing in this process. You're nearsighted, blind, forgetting that you have been cleansed from your past sin. But let me come back to the positive aspect. If we are putting into effect, if we're growing into that list of goodness, knowledge, love, we will be kept from being ineffective and unproductive. Let me change that around in this process of love, no speak, do. You and I will be effective and will be productive as we care for one another. We're gonna end with a song about God's promises. That's God's promise. And God says it's his precious promise. So do, how does that work? In my experience, and I shared a little, do's the hard part. Um, just to give you an example, Dom and I, years ago, had a family that was a shortfall of $600 a month to meet their bills. In other words, every month they fell behind $600. So we loved them, we cared for them, we helped them out. Uh, we tried to find out what's going on in the world. We spoke into their lives. As we did this process, we, uh, we began to plan a budget for them. Within that budget, we had to take some things away. We thought, that's a good thing to do. You won't become deeper in debt. Boy, did they take the high road. They didn't want to hear that. In the process of do, and it's a two-sided cord, cord, coin, like you were talking about with speaking, I need to learn, and I get this from Proverbs, I want to learn everything 
that can help me in this life. And God has chosen you to be a part of that. If you see something in my life that you say, well, that's, that's not that good. Lord, help me to begin to love Chick. Invite him over. Find out some things that are going on in his life. Begin to be able to speak in his life and then have a plan come alongside to help him with that. Finances is something that people don't want to deal with. But you and I can help someone through that process. There are so many other opportunities to do this in this love, no speak, do. I thought about this. Hey, kids, can I have your attention? How many here have brothers and sisters? Okay. You at home, you're probably home with brothers and sisters. Do you know God can use you in a loving way to help a brother or a sister who maybe is going down a wrong path? Even in the midst of fighting, you can begin to speak into a brother or sister's life to make changes. It's what God wants us to do. And I'll say it this way, as you can learn to begin this process at an early age, it'll become part of your life. God wants us to speak into each other's life. <clears throat> but here's some good tips from the scripture. Matthew 7, 12, and we learned this in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Do to others how you would want others to do it to you, whether that's speaking or wanting to come up with a plan to do. Do it in a way that you would say, you know what, I think this is a good way to do this. I wouldn't be offended, so help me to do that. Steve Obot taught in our Sermon on the Mount. Um, if, if you remember this, everybody remembers the wise man builds his house upon the rock, the foolish on the sand. But here's what it says prior to that teaching. Everyone who hears my word and practices it is wise, like somebody who builds their house upon the rock. So for us, this due process is someone who wants to practice all the principles of God. This is also in the Sermon in the Mount. The beam in your eye, in my eye, before I go to my brother with the speck in his eye. Great principle. I wanted to be sensitive. I want to recognize, Lord, I have faults. Don't dare go to somebody else trying to help them and not being able to look at yourself. Being able to be sensitive. And then that Micah passage, which you probably all know. When the people say, well, Lord, how do you want us to act? This is what's required of you, old man. To act justly. We're in a world where people are screaming for justice. God's people should always be just. Treat everyone equal. I am no better than anyone else on this earth. We are all part of the human race. And it's by God's grace that I can love people. So act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God.
Humility. Oh, Lord, give me humility because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's what I want. I want to end with a couple little stories or allegories. Uh, a few weeks ago, my family, all my family, my son and his wife and grandson, my daughter and my other son had a chance to go away on vacation. Great spot. And within that, and we did our social distancing, and they, they just did a wonderful job there. They had this rock climbing place that we could go to. Free. Chick loves free. <laughs> so Chick didn't sign up. I'm not climbing up no mountain. But my daughter, my son, my younger son, and um, my grandson signed up. My older son didn't sign up. He would have tried that, but you can pray for him. He's having an operation in the back and a disc. He's been in a lot of pain. I'd appreciate it for his sake and for mine that you would pray for him this week. But my two young kids, they're not young, and my grandson signed up to do this. And, you know, they strap you in. You get to start climbing the rocks. Uh, Steve and Matt did great. They got all the way down to the fifth display, and the fifth one was you gotta climb up and then the, it juts out, so you gotta reach over and hang. And, well, they didn't quite make that, but they did great. Well, Jamie, and my daughter is visually impaired, she started to climb. They only allowed a few of us into the room, so I said I'd stay out. I'm watching from the window, so I can't help. I can't love and know and speak and tell her what to do. Uh, they had a trainer there, and the trainer was trying, well, there's a, there's a foothold here. She had trouble with the footholds. But through perseverance, Jamie made it all the way to the top. It's pretty cool. In my life, I have always used the picture of climbing a mountain to get to the top. Anybody here or back home? Ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Okay, you've got to read Pilgrim's Progress. It's a master. He was put into prison for 12 years for living for Christ, and God put in his heart to write the book, Pilgrim's Progress. The allegories are incredible. As is the Hallelujah Chorus, or the Messiah to music, this book is to the Christian life where Christian is on this journey. And that's how I picture life too. We are on a journey. There's times when this journey gets tough. We're in a season of that too. Sometimes the walls are straight up. Not a lot, not always. Sometimes it's hard terrain. Uh, there's rocks, there's trees, and sometimes there's meadows with beautiful uh, Scenery, grass, we can rest there. But I always picture it in my heart that all of us are climbing this mountain together. Can you picture that? And there's times when you may lose your footing, or I may lose my footing, or we become fearful and we don't want to go anymore. Through the love, no speak, do process of what God wants the church to be, we come alongside of each other. 
we make sure I just don't get to the top. You ever be around someone who just whoosh, up to the top and that's all they care about is getting to the top? As a church, in our journey, God wants us to do this together. No one left behind. That's the picture that God wants us to understand in this process of do. Or love, no, speak, do. We want to make sure we all get to the top. That's why small groups are so wonderful. Because that's where we deal with all situations as we deal deeply with each other. We can know much easier in that framework. So, as we conclude today, trying to understand God's process of change in our hearts, he does the change, but he uses us. And I just want to leave you with one aspect. And I so appreciate it, Andrew. Where's Andrew? Back there. This last song we sung. Here's what I want to encourage us all to do. We need to understand what God has done in our salvation. He has purchased us for himself. This is not our kingdom, it's his. And that whole aspect of lordship is huge. Jesus just isn't my savior. He's my Lord. He's king of the kingdom of God. And for me, to try to understand how to live this out, to love people, to enter their world, to know what's going on in their life, to be able to speak into their life godly things, and then come up with a plan to help them, or someone comes up with a plan to help me so that we can make change in our life. We need to understand it's about obedience. In the kingdom of God, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. So I'll follow him without question. Pray about that. Talk to God about that. Lord, help me to be an instrument in your hands to help people who need help. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your great master plan to have a world that was fallen the first Adam failed. But you sent your son as the second Adam to have a victory over this life and death and sin. Thank you for that. Help us all to realize that in Christ, we can accomplish great things for you, for your church, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. May we submit ourselves, surrender, <coughs> Give our lives totally to you. In Jesus' name, amen.